Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to Chemical Free Gals second podcast. Thank you if you heard the first one. Thank you for sticking with me as I'm working out some kinks. And actually, you know, I'd been researching a while about doing podcasts and a few people tell me, well, you should probably wait until you have, you know, all the gadgets and materials that you need. And as I thought about it and, you know, prayed about it, I figured, no, uh, I don't want to wait, actually. I think that some of the best things in life that we can do, we start right where we're at, you know, given our limitations, given our lack of resources. I think that when we can start at in that point, um, sometimes beautiful things happen. And yes, there might be some messes and, you know, crazy kinks and quirks to work out. But that just makes it all the more beautiful later on once, you know, everything is running smoothly. So that's my belief regarding a slightly imperfect podcast. So please forgive me if you hear some background noise or, you know, air conditioning or, you know, birds chirping sometimes maybe. Um, It is because I do not have a recording studio and I don't have a mega microphone or, you know, those big clunky headphones or any of that. I'm actually just using my cell phone and um, my ear earplugs. So today I wanted to share an important question that I got um, earlier this month. And it was basically about, you know, the struggles and things that you experience when you have um, been injured by either chemicals or toxigenic mold. So the writer uh, wrote, why is it that someone injured by toxigenic mold and or chemicals can be somewhat okay one moment and experiencing anaphylaxis, dizziness, vomiting, immobility, and pain the next minute. So I thought this was a really, really great question. And I want to go through my answer with you guys because I did provide it in written format um, to the person. So my answer basically was for each person, this answer can be different as each body reacts differently based on the type of exposure length of exposure, past medical history, and each person's overall toxic load. In my case, something as simple as walking through a garage where moldy items are being stored can cause a cascade of symptoms leading to complete immobility, difficulty breathing, brain fog, vertigo, neuromuscular pain, and dizziness. Hugging someone who uses fabric softener And other toxic fragrances can immediately throw me into an anaphylactic reaction. In some people, this can happen due to MCAD, mast cell activation disorder, sometimes referred to as mast cell activation syndrome. It can also occur because of chronic inflammatory response syndrome or toxicant-induced loss of tolerance and other autoimmune and neuroimmune illnesses. These reactions can affect virtually every part of the body, including the brain. Living or working in and around chemicals and toxigenic mold can lead to various life-altering and chronic conditions, rendering the body incapable of dealing with the very triggers that injured it. To finalize, I would like people to understand that yesterday I may have been somewhat okay. I may have felt all right. But today, one simple exposure crushed my entire day and removed the hope of following through with plans I had made previously. 
having MCAS, tilt, MECFS, mycotoxicosis, mold illness, SIRS, and similar conditions greatly limits a person's ability to lead a normal and scheduled life. You're constantly at the mercy of your health and your environment. What I find most frustrating is that people understand cancer and they will often show compassion and speak kindly when a person undergoing chemo or going through alternative treatments is out of commission for months or years. But with those of us suffering from chronic autoimmune and neuroimmune conditions, we just seem to get judgment and misunderstanding. If you're healthy and you see a friend or family member struggling through an illness you know nothing about, please, please, please give your love and support. Please don't criticize. Please don't give your opinion. Just offer your help, love, and support. They need it more than you know. So that's the answer to the question I got um, earlier this month. And I wanted to share it because I realized that a lot of people, both in and out of um, the workplace, um, churches, and just, you know, in, in community in general, are struggling through these situations where you're a specific chemical or irritant or a moldy building, for example, it's just making you very, very sick. In some people, their reactions can be immediate. Uh, they can be mild. And in other people, the reactions can be immediate and or delayed, and they could be quite severe, absolutely crippling to the point where you are completely disabled and unable to do basic things like shower yourself, prepare a meal, you know, type an email. It just depends on each person's, you know, biology, how they're made up, what their body has dealt with, you know, uh, what their pre-existing conditions may be, how many times they've been exposed, what's irritating them, the, you know, the, how strong, whatever it is that, it, that they're being exposed to is, is it, you know, someone just spraying bleach or is there, you know, full-blown pesticides being sprayed as you're walking through, you know, an outdoor valley or something. All of those things um, matter when trying to decide, you know, what is it that I'm feeling? What am I going through? So sadly, there are just a handful of doctors around the country that understand these, these conditions. Um, if you need help or information finding one, feel free to write me and I'll do my best to point you towards a few physicians um, and or um, doctors who either write about these conditions or who treat them. Now, given the COVID pandemic, we're seeing that previously, if you were um, suffering through an illness like MACFS, you know, myalgic encephalomyelitis, you almost had to fight tooth and nails to get an appointment um, through Skype or through Zoom. Doctors would not accommodate. And I know patients with MECFS. I have a mild case of MECFS. Thank God it's never been severe. But even in a mild case, it can be absolutely disabling at times. Um, my heart goes out to those who have severe MECFS because it's not, um, you can't just get up in your car and, and drive to the doctor's office. You know, most of the people I know with severe MECFS, they're bedridden, um, they're in a wheelchair. They are, some of them are tube feeding, 
you know, it's, it's not your typical illness where, you know, you're going to get over it in a few weeks or months. I've written in the past that in an article I published on my blog, having these conditions, it's not like the flu. <laughs> it's not like, you know, getting your wisdom teeth taken out. It's not something that's going to come and go, you know, in a few days or a few weeks. Yeah, you're going to be fine. And I think that's why people have the hardest time understanding and relating to us because it's not like cancer where you get, you know, you're given a diagnosis and you're told, okay, well, we're going to do this treatment and this is what we can look for. And yeah, you're going to feel really crappy. You know, you're going to be barfing your, you know, your face off and you're not going to be able to probably do day-to-day things. So go ahead and schedule some PTO, you know, some time off of your job. And um, I'll tell a joke, but sorry for using the word because I, I don't I don't say bad words or I try to avoid using, you know, words that aren't very nice. But many, many years ago when I was stressed out and I'd tell my assistant, I was like, it's time for a PTO because I'm pissed, I'm tired, and I'm over it. <laughs> So I wouldn't dare say that around my kids because I try and get them to, you know, um, not use words that are mean or, or rude in any way or demeaning or derogatory. So pissed is something that, you know, we try not to use in this house, but I am speaking hopefully to an adult audience. So I thought I'd share that because it's, it's funny. Usually that's why you take a PTO. You're just really frustrated, you're tired and you're over it. So, you know, going back to the diagnosis of cancer, you, you basically told, well, it's time for some PTO time. You know, schedule that in with your employer. Um, make sure that you, you know, your husband or your your aunt, your uncles, your parents, whoever it is that's going to be helping you, that you'll have rides to and from because sometimes after treatments or surgeries, you you won't be able to drive. And so communities come alongside you. And if you're within a church, well, goodness gracious, I mean, there are entire committees, you know, for reaching out and helping a brother or sister who is struggling. And I've seen it, you know, I've been part of a few churches. I've been in leadership, you know, in our previous church of many, many years as I was sick and getting sicker. My husband and I were worship leaders and I was a youth group leader. And we did for many years up until the point where I could not physically be in the building. And I struggled, um, the last few years, I would, you know, often hold on to my husband while singing worship because I was so sick. And I remember going into the bathroom and throwing up many times because of fragrances of people um, coming into uh, the sanctuary. And so it was very difficult for me. But I remember, you know, um, serving and helping people who were sick, taking chicken soup to somebody who had just had surgery, going to visit someone with a sprained ankle. I mean, Churches are fantastic for that because they offer all of uh, this service and um, they really love their community most of the time. But when you're dealing with a neuroimmune condition um, and some autoimmune conditions, that they're not something that the doctor has a clear understanding on, you're really left in the dark because people may say, oh, you know, so-and-so, oh, poor Jennifer, you know, she's really having a hard time and you know, we thought it was a pregnancy making her throw up all the time and she just couldn't hand her husband's cologne and she couldn't wash her hands at the store because she'd, her throat would close up. And, but now she's had the baby. I mean, the baby's two <laughs> and this stuff continues. And 
maybe the beginning for Jennifer, you know, they brought food and offered, you know, support during the pregnancy when she was having all these extreme symptoms. But now she may have this toddler and be completely incapacitated by her husband coming home from work wearing cologne, by the neighbor cutting the lawn and using, you know, the smell of gasoline, you know, by the road in front of her house being retarred. These are things that can really incapacitate someone who is struggling with these illnesses. And the average person just doesn't understand. There isn't a clear cut. Hmm, uh, what's the word? There isn't a clear cut uh, resource out there. Um, and where people will say, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. And this is what you need to expect. And you know, this might last you your life or, or it, you might go through most of your life trying to heal from this. And in some cases, in some people, they've died without healing. And so I think it's very difficult for those in our community and in the workplace, in the church setting to understand even close friends. Well, really, you're canceling again. Well, we were supposed to go to lunch. Well, I can't. I'm incapacitated today. Um, I can't even drive. You know, and even if my husband or one of my children drove me, well, I'm just not going to be a good company because I'm having vertigo and migraines and dizziness. And so you, you deal with all these symptoms and fatigue. We haven't even talked about, you know, the fatigue that does not go away with MECFS. Even if you sleep 8, 10, 12 hours a day, it's not a restful sleep. And so you're in a constant zombie-like mode and you're barely you're just struggling barely holding on and so because there our society isn't aware and um, some doctors completely discredit these illnesses it makes it very hard for the person who's struggling they end up feeling like they're fighting a battle in the dark and that's something I always I've always felt strong in my heart to reach out to people who are feeling that way because I have on more than one occasion over the last couple of years heard about and met people that have ended up taking their life because they felt absolute hopelessness. They had zero support and that is heartbreaking. Um, I don't want to ever have to know someone that's very dear and close to me and know that they felt so hopeless because of their health that they had to take their life and that just breaks my heart. Please know that there is hope. Um, please reach out. Like I tell people, I often get asked, how is it that you manage? How is it that you work full time and you manage? I have a, a few groups that I manage on the side where I encourage and I get to advocacy for moms who are injured. And I also teach a Bible study too um, for chronically ill moms with certain neuroimmune conditions. And, you know, I'm sick full time and I Managed to cook a few meals, you know, here and there for the family and always get asked, how is it that you manage? And honestly, my answer is in myself, I can't. I don't have the skills. I don't have the patience. I don't have the endurance. I don't have the positive um, mentality or outlook. I, in myself, uh, would be absolutely crushed. The only way that I manage is through my faith. And I have a strong belief in God, um, and in the Bible. And, um, that is what drives me and motivates me and encourages me. I would not be able to do this if I did not know 
that I was held by the creator, that his son came to die for me um, because he loved me, I would not be able to function. And so that is my secret. It's not because I'm a superwoman. And I often get, when we were in church, uh, the people used to, they nickname me, in Spanish, it's Mujer Maravilla, which means Wonder Woman, basically. It's like, oh, she's Wonder Woman. She can do everything, and she's sick, and this and that. And really, no, it's not. I, I don't think I'd be here if it were not for God, if it were not for my faith. Um, I probably would have done something really stupid many, many moons ago when I was at my at my worst, when I was very sick. I can relate to people um, just feeling helpless because I've been there. And so if you ever get to that point, please reach out. Please reach out to those who love you. Reach out to your church. Reach out to your best friend, to your spouse, to your sibling. Have them encourage you and support you. Have them pray for you. It's really important because this is a journey that is often fought in the dark. And um, the average person is not aware of that. So I think we're done for today. I just wanted to share that question and, you know, expound a bit with just these thoughts that I had and um, actually want to close in prayer. So thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that you always give us to learn, to grow. I pray right now for the person who's struggling and suffering, for the mom who feels worthless because she's sick and she cannot provide and do the things that she used to do for her family, for the woman who feels like a failure because they had to leave careers, maybe plans to have children. They had to leave everything because of sickness, Lord. I pray for the man or woman who is feeling isolated and misunderstood and is just barely holding on. For the adolescent who's in college and maybe struggling with autoimmune conditions or neuroimmune conditions and is just really having a hard time. Father, I pray that they would come to a knowledge of who you are and I pray that your spirit would envelop them, that they would feel peace. Your word says the peace that surpasses all human understanding. I pray that that peace would guard their hearts and their minds. I pray that they would experience hope I pray that you would carry them on the days where they cannot carry themselves. Thank you for the opportunity to pray. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for each and every listener. I pray that you would bless them this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.